Hey, it's your host, April. This show, The High Guide, talks about altered states of consciousness brought on by cannabis and psychedelics and is intended for audiences 21 and over. If you've been listening to the show for a while and you like what you hear, please leave us a rating, a review, or a heart wherever you listen to podcasts. And lastly, I'm not a medical professional. If you are experiencing any mental or physical health concerns, please seek a licensed medical professional. Hey, I'm April Pride, one of your high guides on today's episode, which is a first dive into the use of plant medicine to treat symptoms of ADHD. Today's topic is one that is very personal to me. I was diagnosed with ADHD when I was 38 years old, and it answered a lot of life questions. Anyone that was diagnosed as a kid understands how helpful the roadmap can be in navigating it without a diagnosis. It's not for the faint of heart, it turns out. And I know that people like me that were maybe part of a generation, particularly girls, where we were overlooked in terms of our symptoms because we weren't being hyperactive. We were actually just daydreaming our way through school. And I didn't have my own stash of weed until I had a diagnosis in 2014. Let's meet your other high guides on today's show. So I'm Dr. Lakeisha. I'm a traditional naturopath. Um, so I don't diagnose and prescribe, um, but I am uh, proficient with utilizing herbs as the basis of nutrition to combat the symptoms of chronic degenerative and terminal illness. I'm a registered member of the American Herbalist Guild, so I'm a registered clinical herbalist. Um, I'm a compound herbalist. I have close to 400 proprietary herbal blends. 48 of them contain cannabis. Um, the rest of them are just strictly herbal. Thank you, Dr. Lakeisha. Ophelia Chong, who's based in Southern California, she is working with psilocybin to help people manage their symptoms with ADHD. And I heard about her work through um, a fellow cannabis entrepreneur, a woman who, when I shared her my story with her, she went and saw a doctor and was too diagnosed with ADHD um, later in life. And she did not want to use pharmaceuticals. So Ophelia has a very specific mushroom and a very specific regimen that she um, developed with my friend to help manage her symptoms related to ADHD. I grew up growing vegetables in the back of our garden as a child because as Chinese Canadians, when I was growing up, we didn't have access to a lot of our traditional vegetables, right? Because a lot of that wasn't stocked at the local grocery stores in Canada, agrarian culture, right? Chinese people just love growing everything because we're farmers. So um, I, I grow cannabis. Um, and in the last five years also, I started growing fungus. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a researcher. I don't have papers. I just have observations Okay, let's set this up. What is ADHD? For people who are curious because they call themselves, they say they have ADD because they forget something, um, I just wanted to read a quick um, definition of attention deficit uh, hyperactivity disorder. It's a mental health disorder that can cause above normal levels of hyperactive and impulsive behaviors. People with ADHD may also have trouble focusing their attention on a single task or sitting still for long periods of time. Both adults and children can have ADHD. So if you're talking about ADHD, you're going to look specifically at 
the symptoms and the way that they present. And so by that definition, you're going to be looking at um, aggression, um, excitability, um, being impulsive, um, a lack of like control. Um, they would probably group in there, um, maybe um, brain fog or absent-mindedness, um, trouble with like focus and paying attention. Um, sometimes it can be extreme, like where you have like anger and like actual like physical or verbal aggression, like those types of things. Um, along with the not being able to like focus and concentrate, like maybe, you know, tasks not being able to hold your attention. So you need to move from like task to task to task. And let's not forget that the symptoms of ADHD are a result of deficiencies in the levels of neurotransmitters, norepinephrine and dopamine that help people pay attention and focus in the course of their daily activities. Low levels of these chemicals in the brain may make it harder to focus, causing symptoms of ADHD, which can affect areas of the brain that help you solve problems, plan ahead, understand others' actions, and control impulses. Stimulant medications like Ritalin and Adderall can help raise levels of norepinephrine and dopamine in the body, helping you focus. Non-stimulant meds like Stratera raise levels of norepinephrine, not dopamine. The brain chemicals that we are deficient in and are looking for the quick hit, right, to up our dopamine levels, et cetera, cannabis does in fact, help us with that. So as I was reminded, you know, we can say that cannabis is not physically addictive, but those dopamine hits are, right? So it's really, really important to remember why people are reaching with ADHD. Um, we're not just reaching out to manage symptoms. We are reaching out because we are, we like dopamine. So if cannabis strains classified as sativa are broadly categorized as energizing, how do the cultivars we choose impact our ADHD symptoms? Someone mentioned about um, indica strains being better for people with ADHD, and I've actually found the opposite. So I was curious a little bit if you heard people feel the opposite. Um, I do take a low dose of, uh, of Adderall um, as needed um, throughout the week when I need to focus the most, but um, I also have anxiety, and I find that I, I was actually prescribed um, um, Xanax, and I hated taking that, and that's why I started using cannabis to kind of supplement or try to help with the anxiety. Brittany, you said that the indicas help more, or they don't? I found that, that more sativa-dominant things help with my ADHD. And what is the positive outcome that you get when you're using a sativa versus an indica? When I have an indica, I, I the, it really messes with my motivation. Um, and I find that it helps my focus and my creativity as well. Um, I do. I, I work in the arts and activism. Do you find that um, when you're using the... Um, the sativa, it helps you focus maybe a little bit more. Um, does it help you relax um, more? Or it, I would assume that it doesn't really play, um, exacerbate the hyperactivity portion of your ADHD diagnosis. No, it really helps with the focus. It, it almost um, helps 
almost in the similar of similar effects as my Adderall. I was mentioning earlier that with the clients would report was that if they needed to calm down and focus, it was really the sativa that gave them more that calming, calm the anxiety, calm the hyperactivity and gave them more focus where sometimes um, people that don't have an ADHD diagnosis when they're using what is classically, you know, called a sativa, it will excite more of that hyperactivity, um, anxiety, like rapid heartbeat, all of those things. Dr. Lakeisha, how do you use a combination of herbs to treat your patient's ADHD symptoms? One of the symptoms is, you know, not having focus, not really being able to focus. Depending on the cultivar, And the genetic profile, and if you find one that works for you very well, it can really help to sort of realign that focus and to bring that overall sense of calm to the system. And some of the research can point to hormonal imbalances that actually lead to um, sort of like a chemically induced stress response that can definitely lead to that like emotional response, if you will, that would contribute to the symptom presentation of ADHD. So I think it's about finding the right product in the right dose with the right um, delivery or method of administration. I'm always a proponent for ingesting um, your phytocannabinoid supplement because then you're getting, you know, more of the efficacy because uh, it's actually going through your digestive system and being metabolized in your liver. And when you're talking about symptom management and you're wanting to have like a positive therapeutic response. So most of the, I think I have out of my herbal blends, 11 of them that are specifically designed to combat the symptoms of ADD, ADHD, you know, hyperactivity, focus, like those types of things. Um, There's, and they're mostly all um, tinctures. There's Tranquila, there's Muy Tranquila, (laughs) there's um, a compound, this compound that we call Compound Melissa, Um, there is, um, a hyperactivity like focus blend and some of them contain cannabis and some of them don't. I think one of the things that I'd like to stress is even if you can't get your hands on, you know, a phytocannabinoid supplement or one that's sufficient and covers all the the bases and checks all the boxes, there are a number of other botanicals that have a phytocannabinoid profile or don't have a phytocannabinoid profile that would be beneficial. Some of those that we use are like lemon balm, very calming um, and good for the central nervous system, good for focus. There's um, ginkgo biloba. That one's really good for focus as well. Um, There's passion flower very calming, very calming and good for the nerves. There's catnip actually works very, very well. There's um, skullcap. Skullcap works well, also has a phytocannabinoid profile. There's hops. Hops works well, also has a phytocannabinoid profile. So there's a number of botanicals that you would actually be able to mix together. One thing that I found nutritionally that has helped a number of uh, my clients 
with managing symptoms of ADHD, helping them to find their calm and focus is oats, like steel-cut oats. Play a very positive role in managing the symptoms of ADHD. So I have like about 11 or 12 different blends because they've come up, you know, with me compounding things for people over the years. Just as we know, stimulant meds don't work for everyone with an ADHD diagnosis and THC doesn't affect all people in the same way. What about other plant medicine like psilocybin and other chemicals present in the fungi family? The thing with the difference between cannabis and psilocybin is they're completely two different things. So the effects of one is completely different than the other, where psilocybin is more of an energy uh, mushroom, right? And I only take it early in the day, so around 9 or 10, and about 120 milligrams will just carry me all the way up to about 3 o'clock, right? But it's a very strong... um, It's... It just takes, it doesn't take you over, basically. You are just look normal. But the thing is, there's something about it that just gives you so much clarity and focus, right? And um, what I find amazing for what I do, because I, I can multitask all over the place. But when I'm on psilocybin, I finish the job. I start and I end. I don't all of a sudden look away. And think, okay, that's pretty shiny over there. I'm going to do that. But psilocybin on 120 milligrams will just give me a focus of the entire day and I get everything done uh, with no uh, apparent side effects. I'm not sitting down. I'm not couch locked. I'm not drowsy. I'm not sleepy. I'm not thirsty. I don't have dry mouth. So which is why I really encourage people to, to investigate psilocybin <clears throat> for ADHD. So the 120 milligrams. So one, the way that I understand it, if I, we can just talk about um the effects of, of psilocybin. So I've been told that two grams is you're tripping. Like, so at 120 milligrams, you're talking about a 20th, 5% of what a full trip dosage would be. Do I have that math kind of right? Um, it, it's just like a cannabis, right? Uh, a kosher kush will affect you completely different than a Wi-Fi OG. Or a northern lights will affect you completely different than a sherbet, right? Okay. Because the differences in mushrooms, the varietals, they're all different. Just the same if you look at a portobello, you would not, it doesn't taste like a button mushroom. Or a shiitake tastes different than an oyster. So the same thing goes with psilocybin. Each mushroom has its own genetics and also its own strength, right? And so the psilocybin is different levels. So mm. you can, you can say, give someone uh, three and a half grams, which is the beginning of a heroic dose, right? Usually it's between three and a half grams to five grams. Uh, if I give a certain kind of mushrooms, it will be a, uh, that's lower in effectiveness. It'll be more of a mellow thing. But if I give, say, leucistic burma, which is one of the highest in psilocybin and psilocybin, that it would be uh, a totally visual experience. You're really looking at who who's taking it and what they need it for, right? Because mushrooms are not the same across the board, just like cannabis or hemp. It's going to take a couple rounds to figure out what works best for you. And also, what do you want to do? Do you want just daily maintenance, which is a microdose? Or eventually, you might want to do that one heroic trip, that one time in that year. Thank you for 
clarifying that different mushrooms, but all containing psilocybin, just like different cultivars, but all containing THC, produce different effects. So I have two questions about that. One, what's the entourage there, right? What's the chemical profile within the different mushrooms? That's a great question uh, because I grow all my own mushrooms. I grow gourmet, medicinal, and the other kind. And so I combine the lion's mane that I grow and the reishi into a compound with psilocybin. The lion's mane is anti-anxiety, anti-inflammation. Also, it's really great brain food. Uh, and it's a little bit of an energizer. The reishi is anti-anxiety, antioxidant. And then the psilocybin adds to that three energetic mushrooms, the, the third leg of the stool. It basically then it works on your brain. Well, basically, same thing. Uh, and the other two help with the rest of the body, right? Because lion's mane is gut, so is reishi, uh, partly brain for lion's mane. But those three are really great as a daily maintenance or if you want every three days. Because with psilocybin, you can grow a very high tolerance to it if you're taking it every day. Similar to cannabis, but it's a lot faster. So if I take 120 today and I'm taking it every day this week, by the end of the week, I will feel less, which is why I recommend most people every third day. I don't see it as a recreational drug. It has more pharmaceutical benefits than recreation. If you go on a heroic dose, it's not recreation. (laughs) You're not going to watch, I'm going to binge watch Sopranos on mushrooms. No, you're basically going to be under the cover somewhere going through whatever... uh, trauma that you have to go through, right, to get to the other side. I do not talk about it in the same way that you talk about cannabis. It's not um, a fun thing. It's not a uh, let's go to the beach and take mushrooms kind of thing. I see it as purely medicine. There's so much mixed information as to how you can use cannabis and other plant medicine to treat or to minimize or however you want to say it are symptoms related to ADHD, but I know that I'm also excited to just get high because I have ADHD. While the perceived risk associated with regular cannabis use in the general population has steadily declined since the 1970s, more patients um, and caregivers are reaching out to find out how to use it for therapeutic effects. And we have enough information of problematic cannabis use outcomes, anecdotal clinical observations that there is um, there's this growing popular perception that cannabis is therapeutic for ADHD, but that may not always be the case. And so rather than saying cannabis is great for ADHD, um, I think we need to recognize that it's very nuanced and that it is helpful for many of the symptoms that we are trying to mitigate or treat, but it is a complicated relationship that people with an ADHD diagnosis. If you're diagnosed with ADHD as a child, you're three times more likely um, to have cannabis use disorder, and you're also more likely to consume cannabis at a younger age. Um, The severity, the craving, the abuse, dependence, and yeah, the earlier initiation Those are all um, true and heightened if you also have an ADHD diagnosis. 
My name is Kia. I, I personally do have an ADHD diagnosis, but also I have uh, CPTSD. And so um, I do tend to dose very high, but because of uh, the CPTSD, it doesn't affect me as much. Uh, a lot of people who have ADHD don't just have ADHD. They have other um, disorders uh, that go along with it. I'm a mental health worker, um, a can cannabis consumer and advocate. I just say as a mental health worker, I think it's we should be really careful when we're talking about research in the field of, of mental health and, and psychiatry um, because a lot of times uh, the research based on cannabis um, can be skewed depending on who's doing the research. Um, and so it's really important um, to keep that in mind. What what organizations are doing this research and also um, many people can be daily cannabis users and not actually qualify for cannabis abuse um, cannabis use disorder cannabis uh, there was no research finding that it had any biological uh, addictive qualities but there are differences between biological addiction and and just a mental emotional addiction we have to remember that if you're taking Adderall, chronic use of Adderall or using Adderall over a long period of time increases your risk for anxiety. Um, same thing with cannabis. Um, uh, some research has shown that chronic use of cannabis over time increases your risk for anxiety. So if you're if you already have ADHD and you're taking medication for ADHD and you're taking cannabis, all those things together can really heighten your experience. So that's just something to consider. Um, I know I, I you know I have patients who um, have Adderall, take Adderall and, and also consume cannabis and they're almost trying to balance the experience um, to kind of lower that um, that impulsiveness and still be able to focus. And you really have to be careful with pharmaceuticals because they do directly, um, you know, interact with your central nervous system. Um, and with cannabis more so plays a regulatory um, role. Many of my patients report that when they go to the, the dispensary, the bud tenders actually push high THC type of product. However, these percentages are really high, like 36%. And these are not um, patients who are suffering from like chronic pain or anything like that. Maybe it's just a little bit of depression. But if the science is not in the dispensary, then it also leads us down the wrong direction as well and really puts patients in harm's way. Um, because that, I mean, that's just too much. And when you're someone who's already highly stimulated naturally, then you just get all that extra and it, it definitely is going to lead to more issues down the line. Another audience member posed a question to the same effect. THC can cause super sensitivity to dopamine. And if you reinstate a stimulant, it might have a negative psychiatric effect. Because of the ITHC, you're going to have more anxiety. In those CBD oil, it helps you to stimulate your dopamine it increases and we are they have found out that uh, cbd oil in particular uh stimulate the dopamine receptor this understanding of how cbd and thc work with the chemicals in our brain to supplement our endogenous hormones is helpful as we listen to george a firefighter with an adhd diagnosis who cannot test positive for thc so he uses broad spectrum cbd which is an isolate of this cannabinoid only, and THC is not present in the formulation, as compared to a full-spectrum formulation, which contains varying levels, including as low as 0.03% THC, but can still make you come up dirty on a test. 
I got ADHD and uh, I did the full Adderall, uh, Adderall route and they had me on uh, uh, two five milligram pills in the morning and another five milligrams at one if needed. Uh, and it was uh, the time release and it, it, it worked, but it sucked. You know, it gave you, it had you that super hyper focus and that, that edgy feeling the whole time. Um, so I gave that up and uh, just battled with my ADHD on my own because I'm a firefighter. I can't do anything with THC. And uh, I was doing it for other reasons, uh, fitness-wise and sleep-wise, and it was working. And my um, uh, my buddy Gary gave me these time releases and goes, hey, why don't you try this? And after a month, um, I didn't notice it, but people, other people were noticing, hey, man, you're getting everything done around here, you know, because uh, we have all these projects and I was, I'm usually going 100 miles an hour. And now I'm not. And I was like, uh, so inadvertently, that's what was working for me. And then I started looking back. I go, man, I'm I'm actually focused. You know, I'm actually not not hyper focused like I was on the Adderall, but it, it lowered my trigger. So I didn't have to, you know, when a thought would come in my head, I would already be over there. It wouldn't be a second thought. Now it's should I really go to do the other project or just finish where I'm at? It gave me a time to pause and to slow down my thought process. Where I could actually figure things out correctly. And the best of all is that now I feel normal. <laughs> Where before I felt abnormal and I tried to get off uh, the CBD for two weeks. It just went off it because I ran out and I was on a trip. And within, within two weeks, uh, my, I cut my workouts in half. I felt double as sore and I was back to feeling scattered. So got back on it. And within a week, I was feeling back to the, my new normal. What is feeling normal? <laughs> For the last 100 years, society has only categorized compounds such as psilocybin and THC as recreational. And as a result, we were all taking heroic doses without being mindful of therapeutic benefits because we didn't have high guides like Dr. Lakeisha or Ophelia. The beauty of plant medicine is that with the right guide, we can choose the days we want to channel our inner hero. And other days, we just want to get through our to-do list free of emotion and distraction. Thanks for listening to this recently recorded event in Clubhouse hosted by Plant and Prosper. And join me, April Pride, each Friday at 1 p.m. with an assortment of high guides as we cover all things A to Z related to plant medicine. Of course, you can listen to new episodes of The High Guide every Friday. Please subscribe and follow wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks to our high guides in this and every episode. A special thanks to the high guides writer and content editor, Megan Ridley, our marketing coordinator, Bianca Kratzky, and brand manager, Molly Longest, and our producers, Nick Patry and Josh Brown. I'm April Pride, and we'll see you back here next time on the high guide. <laughs>